0: This doesn't doesn't bode well. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Passions Podcast. We're doing Passions Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're just trying out new jingles. Oh, is any of that even a little bit usable? I just made that up. I don't know. (laughs) All right, no, welcome back to Passions Podcast. You found us. I'm Latara. My name's Laura. So we watch uh, the show Passions and then we talk about it. We're going to give you our opinion. Yep. Let's talk about it. So this episode is episode 15 of the podcast, but we're doing episodes 22 and 23 today. Yep. Yes. All right, let's start with 22. Opens at the Lopez Fitzgerald home. I wrote that in my note. I did too. Tell them about it. (laughs) Must I? <laughs> Must we? Okay, so Whitney, Whitney like hangs out at this house even when her friend isn't there. That's what I was telling you the last time. I was like, she just hangs out with these people. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like at the Lopez Fitzgerald. That's home. why I was like, why is she with Miguel so much? Now she's with Louise. I understand why she's with Louise. <laughs> the man is fine. He is fine. Look, I'd be at that house all the time if I was allowed. And she, yeah, like it, Pilar isn't there. Miguel isn't there. Uh, Teresa isn't there. She's just hanging out in the kitchen with, with Louise. With Louise uh, who's, like, getting ready to go to work. But anyway, Whitney has, like, told Louise what's going on with Teresa, about her losing her job, about her obsession with Ethan Crane, which he, he knew about, but he didn't realize just how far it had gone. Right. But he wants to know where Teresa is, and mm-hmm. she won't she won't tell him that, luckily. Right, right. And Louise... Gives this amazing speech about race and class and discrimination. It was kind of incredible. Really. It was it was worthy of a Bernie Sanders campaign rally. Yes. Like it was, you just substitute out the word crane for billionaires, and, and it was it, it was <laughs> perfect. It was yes. spot on. It was great. And he and he basically has vowed to say, "Look, I don't care if your name is Crane." I'm going to prosecute you, or I'm going to arrest you. If you do the crime, you do the time. He yeah, says. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy. It doesn't matter if you're poor. We all operate under the same rules and under the same laws. And the Crane family, for too long, was allowed to get away with whatever they felt like because the mayor was in their pocket and the police chief let them just would turn a blind eye. And he's like, now Sam is in charge. I don't know where he falls in the spectrum of, of Crane, but I luis i'm not putting up with any more of this bullshit at all i'm gonna do my job the best way i can yeah he has vowed to be the long arm of the law the long <laughs> arm of the law it's justice <laughs> he says stuff about justice he and has. how everybody should get their day and like he's great he <laughs> is great he really he's is great i vote for him i love I'm me too and I, I loved Whitney, too, because she was like, you know, Luis, you, maybe you're just as much of a dreamer as Teresa is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. way to bring it back to reality, Whitney. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, no, you can't do anything to the Cranes. Yeah. They own everything. They basically own the de- the police department. Like, yeah, she's <laughs> like, this this town is Crane. Yeah. Like, this it's run by them. And he tells her again about how the Crane family, or about how his father disappeared on his way to work for the Crane family. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're bringing that up again. It, basically, to let us know that Louis suspects that someone in the Crane family knows more about the disappearance of his family members than they're letting on. Yeah, he so, says, I have no proof, but I know it in here. And points to his heart. That's right. He knows it in his heart. His big old heart. That they the Cranes had something to do with the disappearance of his father and brother. That's right. Okay, so this episode is really setting us up for... Louise versus Sheridan. Oh, please. Heavy. Yes, because he, Because he has this whole conversation with Whitney about, like, I don't care who you are. If you break the law, you go into jail. Like, I, I'm not going to go easy on any cranes, blah, blah, blah. And Sheridan was on the phone with uh, Ethan. Ethan and basically says, I'm going to be driving down tonight from the airport. Mm-hmm. So she has landed in the USA. I imagine in New York. Someone dropped off her brand new car at the airport for her. So the moment her plan lanes, she can just get into her car and drive her ass home. Which, why wouldn't she just get a driver to drive her home? Because this whole thing with her driving, she's like, I'm tired. I've had a long day. It's like, you're a billionaire, presumably. You couldn't get somebody to drive you home? Like, even I take Ubers from the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going... Well, we don't know where... Harmony I'm, is. I mean, I go pretty. Far. We, I go pretty far from the airport. It's it's a long way. It's from LaGuardia, which is in Queens. Yeah, but it's and a, you're going but it's Brooklyn. always it's always like an hour. Yeah, but I'm saying like she's going like multi-state, most likely. Right, but she's a billionaire. I'm that's true. I have maybe a thousand dollars at any given time, and even I can get a ride from the airport. Right. So she's a billionaire who can't get a ride from the airport to wherever she, she's going. She doesn't she want to. She could be to. going cross country. She could get a ride. She doesn't want to get a ride, Sheridan. Wants to do things Sheridan's way. Which is probably why her life has sucked up to this point. Because she doesn't make good choices. She sucks. You know, remember I said the jury's still out on Sheridan? I think the jury's in. The jury's in. in. The jury's in. Results are in. I I think it's going to take another, like, 200 episodes to redeem her for me. I think. From what has happened in this episode. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So Sheridan is driving home. And Luis has gone to work. And he's... He's on, I don't know, he's... Patrol. Patrolling. He's on patrol. He's on the patrol. Thank you. And he clocks Sheridan going 98 miles an hour in a 45 zone. He says, Well, I gotta pull this dude over because he's speeding like crazy. Yeah. He's going more than double the speed limit. So dangerous. In a forty-five zone, too. It's not like it's not like I mean a highway is one thing, but this forty-five is not even a country road. Like she's in like a residential road going forty five miles an hour or going ninety-eight miles an hour in a forty-five. Yeah. Which is crazy So he goes to pull her over, and what does she do, Latara? She says I've had a long day, and I don't need a lecture from a cop. And she speeds up. She starts a high-speed chase with Luis Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah, the, the entitlement of it all. That, this is the thing about Sheridan. Oh, I want to give away all my money. Oh, I don't want to live this lavish lifestyle. Oh, I need to find a man and be in love. But then she's taking the Concord, flitting back and forth. She's best friends with Princess Diana. She's a socialite who wants to think so highly of herself. But then she decides, I'm above the law. And when someone tries to pull her over, she's she's not going so to respond that. She's so nonchalant about it. She's like, if, I'm almost home and I've had a long day and I don't need a lecture from a cop. Bitch, you are about to go to jail. Are you kidding me? You don't, Do you think I could? I could yeah. never. Yeah. First of all, it's not a lecture from a cop. Like, you are getting a ticket at least, if not your license revoked. And she looks down at should. her speedometer. She looks down at it and re- knows she's speeding. Yeah. And she speeds up. She sucks. And then she speeds up and Luis calls in for backup. He's like, look, this is turning into a high-speed chase. This guy is... is Tr- is trying to evade me so he kind of goes off on like a little shortcut calls for backup and pulls out in f- way down the road in front yeah, of her to cut her off to cut her off she t-bones him yeah she crashes into it. she him. t-bones him and then he says get out with your hands up he says the jig is up guy or something like that and then she starts her car again turns on the ignition as if she's going to run away she just t- she ran from and t-boned a police officer and is going and is thinks that somehow she's in the right and that she's going to get away with it which just goes to show how awful the crane family is and she separates herself from the rest of them as, yes, she's as, as, as of if she's one of the better cranes. as if she's holier than thou. she's she's better than everybody else in the family and this is her little display of of power and wealth of pure privilege pure Privilege, Deep, deep, deep privilege is awful. But there's a no, There's something else that happens in this episode that, that Sheridan does that made me... This was the worst thing that Sheridan did, but there's another thing that she did in this episode that I, again, deeply disagreed with. She's on the phone with Ethan. So remember, Ethan has taken a phone call at the Crane Mansion. Teresa's trying to get out of there. And Gwen's like, no, Teresa, come meet Ethan. And so... <laughs> Ethan has his back kind of face to the door and Teresa and Gwen are standing kind of uh, far away from him, but close enough that they can hear what he's saying on the phone. Mm. So he's on the phone with Sheridan. Sheridan. He's on the phone with Sheridan. She tells him she's driving down, blah, blah, blah. He tells her, I'm going to find this girl that's been stalking me. So they have this conversation about this girl that's been stalking him. And he tells, he's told her all the things that this woman has done to him And Sheridan says, well, did you ever think there may be another reason? Maybe she's got a crush on you? Are you crazy, bitch? Right. This is her way of trying to get your attention because she likes you. I mean, Sheridan, you're a grown woman. You (sighs) should know that from, yes, we know. That Teresa has had a crush on him. All of the things that she did were mistakes. We know that. But this is not her way of trying to get his attention. But yes, correct. But also, Sheridan only knows what Ethan has told her. And if you only know Ethan's side of this story, would you ever say, well, maybe she likes you? No, of course not. Of course, I wouldn't jump to that ridiculous conclusion. This woman has assaulted him yeah. five separate times, yeah. and happens to be everywhere he is. Right? Yeah. She to on from Ethan's perspective, at least what his perspective should be, is that she's a crazed yeah. maniac. She's dangerous. Yeah. 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 And Sheridan, in no way, should say at, at any. point, She's just a bad aunt. She's a bad aunt. Because first she, she pressures him into proposing to Gwen. Yeah. Now she's t- saying to him, well, maybe there's another reason. he She hurts you because she loves you. Sheridan. What? what? Sheridan, right now, cannot be redeemed. She's irredeemable to me. I just can't stand this woman. I'm at a loss for words, really. All I can do is sigh and be uh, exasperated by her. I tried. I thought. I was like, you know, maybe I will like Sheridan. I know. When the whole Jean-Luc stuff happened and she finally stood up for herself and started, I was like, okay, maybe maybe Sheridan's moving in a good direction. Maybe this time <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy. Maybe this time I won't suck. She sucks. Yeah. Sheridan is terrible. Sorry, Listeners. Maybe she'll get better. We have, I was talking with my friend the other day. He's like, oh, how many episodes have you done? I was like, oh, 21. He's like, out of how many? It was like 2,000 and something. He's like, you're 1% of the way finished. 1%? 1% of the way. Oh, Oh, Lord. So there's a lot more Sheridan ahead. We've got 99% more Sheridan. And hopefully she, I mean, she has to, she has to improve. She can't get worse. She can't get worse. This is... Oh, my God. She's at her worst. She's at, She and Julian are equally terrible to me. Honestly, they are. Yeah. They both just use people and walk through this world like they think they're Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Sheridan's a little bit worse to me because I think Julian knows he sucks. Yeah. And Sheridan is walking around pretending like she's like her God's shit don't gift to humanity. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's the people's princess. Yeah, I think the lack of self-awareness in Sheridan makes her even worse to me. Yeah. Because she thinks she's a good person and she's not. She's... Cl- beca- just because she, like, gives some money to an orphan and she thinks she's a good person. Yeah. I give money to causes, too. Look, I donate to PBS every year. Yeah, right? Giving Tuesday. Is it Giving Tuesday? It's giving Tuesday. Yeah, Giving yeah. Tuesday. Whatever. I just... I can't... I can't stand Sheridan Crane. Yep. Ugh. So, that's basically everything with the cranes right now. Yeah, oh, I mean, at one point, Ethan is talking with Gwen, and he does apologize. He's like, you know, I said a lot of things that I didn't really mean. I said out of anger that poor people are gold diggers and whatever else he said. Again, they're trying to make us think that Ethan is better than the rest of his family. I don't know. Has yet to be seen. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, he says all of that stuff to Gwen, and then it cuts to Teresa, who has managed to make her escape. Yeah. (laughs) She has managed to escape. (laughs) So, she's standing there hearing him talk about her on the phone to Sheridan. Yeah. And and he says that she's... When Sheridan says to him, maybe she likes you, maybe she loves you, and he's like, no, she's crazy. This girl's a stalker. Yeah. Uh, You know, if I ever see her again, I'll put her away, and... I don't feel safe, basically. And right. Teresa hears all of this and she, like, kind of gets teary-eyed, yeah. and Gwen looks at her is like, are you okay? She's like, oh, it's just my allergies, and then she runs out of the house. Yeah, she's like, I can't stay any longer, I gotta go, and she gets the fuck out of there, and I was like, well, I look for her. She gets the fuck out of there, but then she, like, closes the front door behind her and leans against it on her way out, and I was like, Teresa, <laughs> don't stop now, girl. You're <laughs> so run. close. You gotta keep going. Yeah, because then Ethan's like, did she, she left? No, I really wanted to talk to her. After he gets off the phone with Gwen, Gwen says, Oh, she had, Teresa had to leave. And he says, oh, I really want to talk to her. Maybe I can catch her. So he runs to the door. And the way they set it up, it looked like Teresa was still going to be there. <laughs> no, I was like, girl, wrong." But she was gone. What are you doing? She yeah, she got gone. away. She made her escape. She made her great Ooh, escape.
1: That was she like made escape a great from escape. Alcatraz level.
0: I was honestly <laughs> like, how is she going to get out of this house, this mansion? How's she going to get out of here? But she still has to go back because Ivy has hired her. So, so at some point, she has to go back to the mansion. So, she, there's going to be a run. I don't know. We'll see how this, oh, th- this plays well, out. Well, remember Gwen. Oh, my God. Remember Gwen said to Ethan... She she seemed so sad when she left. Oh yeah. And he says to her, "Well, maybe we should go over to their house and check on her." Oh, no, <gasps> don't do but that. But at least if they go to her house, then he's on her turf, right? Like yeah. her family's there. She can. She's kind of protected there. I, yeah. I, if if there's a best case scenario for them coming face to face, it's him coming to her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You're right. Oh, I forgot that they... You know, maybe we should go over and check on her. Oh, also, who does that? Pick up the phone. Pick and up make the phone. a phone, phone. Call. Ooh, He just loves Pilar. He's just obsessed with Pilar and just yeah. wants to go to her house. He, yeah. wishes, he, he wishes he was her son. That's true. He goes over there a lot, doesn't he? He likes going to Pilar's. So. Oh, man. Yeah, so Teresa got out of there. What was that dumb deal Sheridan tried to make with Ethan? No, Ethan tried to make it with Sheridan. Oh, he was okay. like... If I catch my stalker girl, then you can't give up on love. Something Something like like that. that. And then Gwen was like, oh, maybe I'll be able to, like, pick out the right guy for Sheridan. And then Ethan's like, oh, well, she always judges a man from, like, the first impression, so he better really show up and, and she better like him. Yeah, she always says, you can tell everything you need to know about a man from your first meeting And then cut to, she's about to meet Luis Lopez Fitzgerald, who is obviously her love interest. Uh, Clearly. I mean, they've said it. It's very clear they need a love interest. She is obviously, they are obviously each other's love interests. But also, it's like, Sheridan, you can't just trust a first meeting with somebody and make all of your decisions off of that. She's constantly talking about how she's unlucky in love, and men always use her. She just makes bad decisions. So you can't trust your instinct, Sheridan, if you know that Every time your gut tells you one thing and it's yeah. always wrong, yeah. maybe you should use your brain a little bit more. Yeah. I will say for me, yeah, but I'm not Sheridan Crane, I'm a little bit more discerning. <laughs> you, would, you would almost have to be. Any human is more discerning than Sheridan fucking Crane. Can't stand this woman. I... Tend to know a lot of times within the first meeting, like, if I'm going to like a person or not. There's been a few times in my life where I was like, I judged this person wrong. But generally, it's like, well, we ain't going to get along. Yeah. I-, I don't like you. Right. But you're smarter than Sheridan. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. And have a whole lot more life experience. Your gut has often turned out to be right. Hers has 100 percent of the time turned out to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. So at some point, you learn from your you you learn from your mistakes. You make different choices, and hopefully, they lead you in a better direction. But she's too stupid to do it. I need you to know that I can already see. Roger and Goon are coming to harmony. (laughs) Seriously. And and Luis is going to have to save Sheridan. Yeah. (laughs) Roger and Goon. (laughs) He's just the goon. He's the French goon slash henchman. The bomb man. (laughs) Yeah, those little hot dog bombs. Yeah. Oh lord. All right. I'm sorry I brought it back to Sheridan. I just had to complain. We're we're back to shit. No Sheridan Crane again. (laughs) 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 I thought we were gonna. I thought we were past this Sheridan. I thought we were past this shit. Once she stops uh, acting insane, then we'll move past it. What the definition of insanity is? making this doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different, different result. result well yeah. that's sharon and crane in a fucking nutshell yeah i hate her i can't <laughs> stand this woman i can't I, the display of entitlement in this episode really got to me me too it really i was just like okay gross so do we have any more to talk about with these people i don't think, I think so. that's really it i think we should We gotta go get to, get the, to lobs- the lobster shack yeah. baby lobster shack hey Hey. Lobster Shack, baby, Lobster Shack. <laughs> I bought me a car and it's, it's as big as, big as, as a lobster whale. No, you're supposed to say lobster. <laughs> it's which is fine. fine. Under the sea themed. Um, nope. 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 <laughs> no. Not another song. No, not another song. Okay. We can't do Under the Sea right now. We can't afford to. <laughs> Isn't it if you use like 10 seconds or less? I don't know. Anyway. I, <laughs> I mean, I, the last thing I need right now is Disney coming after oh me my for God. copyright shit. Right, I don't need any lawsuits. That's the last thing I need. Oof. All right. So, we got to get to the lobster shack. So, last time we were at the lobster shack, we saw Tabitha. She had... Fallen down and then become possessed and was floating in the air and start to spin around. Well, Tabitha turns into a fucking tornado. Yep, there's a cyclone inside the lobster shack, everyone. Tabitha's spinning around outside, creating a lot of... air and wind and inside of the lobster shack it's just blowing and i guess it's like one of those open ocean like one of those yeah one of those restaurants you go to at the beach that Mm -hmm. is is completely open yeah it's my assumption but the front when we were looking at it it looks like a solid building yeah it looks like the yeah the front of it does look like a solid building where the door is and then you can see on the one side it's like a, a whole like sliding glass window situation. So you can kind of open it up, Mm. but I I don't know. Evil, the the, the evil. Yeah. Evil. Evil explains it all. Yeah. I don't know. This, this part was a little confusing, like going back and forth, but I, I will say before this little cyclone tornado Tabitha thing starts happening, um, faith, and Grace are, like, both placing their order, and they order Lobster Newberg? Lobster Newberg. I don't know both what the, that Both is. of them, I don't either. When they said it, I was like, Lobster Uber? <laughs> I, know. I was like, Newbert? <laughs> I didn't know what they said. I had to, like, look at the screen and look at their lips to see what we're they were not, saying. We're not fancy enough. I've never heard of Lobster Newberg. Newberg. But then Grace is like, it makes me feel like there must be a connection to my past. Yeah, maybe it's something I used to eat with my family. And Faith says to Charity, oh, that was Grace's favorite meal. She always loved Lobster Newberg. Mm. So they, they connect that way. It's just another dumb connection between these two women. Yeah. And then... We're angry this episode. Everything's (laughs) dumb. Everything is stupid to us today. And then Faith gets up, says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then Grace gets up and says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then it was at this moment that I was like, if these two bitches miss each other in the bathroom, I'm going to be so mad. But then Tabitha's... The Tempest. (laughs) Right. Tabitha's Tempest. Like her storm starts to swirling, st- starts to swirling, and at this moment, so when the lights start to flicker and the wind starts blowing, we've got let's talk about these pods. We've got Kay, yeah. Miguel, and Reese, Reese together. Um, Simone has talked to Kay, and they say, "Oh, good thing that Mindy and what's his name left. Oh, I forgot their the name. Trevor and Mindy. Trevor and Mindy." left. They're the biggest gossips in school, so at least they didn't see you alone with Reese, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the the Bennetts, Grace, Sam, <laughs> Wait. Jessica. And Sam tells Jessica, my youngest daughter is turning into a snitch and a troublemaker. Oh, yes, because, <laughs> yes! And I was like, Sam. Sam! Because Jessica's like, didn't you guys notice that Kay's dress looks a little different than it did when she left? And he was like, I noticed that my youngest daughter's turning into a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to interrupt because that was like my one of my favorite No, it was perfect. I've cracked up. <laughs> uh, Sam! i uh, Turning into yes. a snitch and a troublemaker. That shut her right up. But Sam's a good dad. I stand for Sam. I stand for Sam. Oh, he's a good dad. Mm-hmm. So, the all of these people, Faith and Charity, having their dinner. Every all these people are at the Lobster Shack eating, and then, tap. The storm starts to blow in. The lights are flickering on and off. Um, Miguel has asked a waiter if he had seen a girl matching Charity's description. The in the description he gave. Do you do you? <laughs> I wrote it down. Let me find it. It was so funny. Oh, he's like. He's giving this description to the waiter, and he says, her hair sparkles like white gold. And the waiter's like, well, yes, I have seen a girl that matches that Yeah, <laughs> matches that crazy description. <laughs> this criteria aligns. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, really? And so he's going to go look for her, but then the, the storm kind of blows in, and Kay comes back over. Oh, Sam comes in and says, everybody come to the back room so that we can get out of the wind. In order to stay safe, basically, yeah. because Sam thinks that this is like a a sea gust that has come in like a a, a sea a storm on the sea brewed very quickly, and he's you know he's the sheriff he wants people to be safe right. so he's trying to herd everybody into a, a into like room. a back room where there are four walls and it yeah be. so it so windy I mm-hmm. guess and so Miguel's like well I gotta find her she's here so he's going looking for her but she, she's gone. Faith and Faith and Charity decide to leave. Right. And he grab but he does grab someone's arm and is like, I found you, but we don't see her. Right. And then like you were like, how do he you find her? And I was like, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I know, they got me again. This dumb show has gotten me so many times, I keep getting fooled. Yeah, so <laughs> once Faith and Charity leave Yeah, they book it out of there and then Tabitha stops spinning, so like the whole storm stops. Yeah. And faith tells Charity that it was not a storm from nature, that they have got to get out of there. And Charity's like, well, where did it come from then? It came from hell, Charity. That's that's was my favorite line. It cracked me up. If the wind what if the wind didn't come from nature, where could it possibly come from? It came from hell, charity. <laughs> it came from hell. It came from hell. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. And in the restaurant, the wind is, well, before the wind stopped, Reese looks over at Kay. He goes, don't worry, Kay. I'll hold you. (laughs) And then he said something like, electricity is your friend? (laughs) Like, what is Reese on about? He's a turkey. Reese turkey. Harmony's
1: Harmony's turkey. turkey.
0: Something like that. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's something like they said. She changed it. It was. Yeah, the Harmony Town turkey. They can't, they don't get their own, like, taglines right. Yeah, she can't even figure out. Well, Kay sucks what she wants to say oh right so I'm, I interrupted you I'm sorry okay. so Miguel has like grabbed what who he thinks is Charity's wrist then the storm ends <laughs> because Charity and Faith have left and he looks up to see the that lights come back the on the lights come back on and all everything falls normal and silent Miguel looks up and sees oh it's not Charity who I've grabbed it's Kay he goes, and he goes oh, it's you it's you <laughs> <laughs> which this cracked me up too because first of all Kay and Charity look absolutely nothing alike. I don't care if it's dark. They're different heights. Yeah. Their hair is completely different. Yeah. They th- those two girls have nothing in common. No. As far like anyway, so that was stupid. One is blonde and one's a brunette. I mean, they yeah, just and they're completely different heights, completely different sizes. Yeah, the whole thing was absurd. Yeah. Oh. It's you. He was disgusted. <laughs> he wasn't disgusted. He, was disgusted. he just doesn't. He just doesn't know how to actually act. You know, it came across as disgust, yeah. pure disdain. Yeah. Oh, it so was funny. That's what has happened at the lobster shack. But we do need to go back to Teresa. Yes. So Teresa gets. Teresa makes her escape. Mm-hmm. She gets home, and she's pretty pretty upset. She walks in. Whitney's just hanging out there by herself. No one at this house. She is at the Lopez Fitzgerald home alone. I wrote down, I was like, then Teresa gets back to her house and Whitney is still there. <laughs> With like a bunch of question marks. <laughs> she's still there. It's like, go home. No one's there. Go practice. Go practice your tennis. You want to go to Wimbledon. This is this is how you do it. You don't sit at the house. And you go at, to the court and you yeah, practice. You don't hang out at your friend's home when she's not there. When no Latara, When, when no, no one is there. One is there. <laughs> when no one is at the house. Pilar might be there. We just don't know. Oh, I thought she left. Oh, she might be there. She might be there. She took a shower. So maybe she went to bed or maybe, something. Yeah. I don't know. But we don't see her. It doesn't seem like she's there. We know Miguel and Luis and Teresa aren't there. Yeah. (laughs) So she just goes and hangs out with their mom? (laughs) Who's who's not actually spending time with her? She's like in the bathroom. She's like taking a bath, trying to relax. This shitty kid is in my house all the time. Uh, It's not even my kid. No. I like Wendy. She's not shitty. I've never had a friend who have wanted to like hang out with their mom. I like plenty of my friend's mothers. Me too. But I wouldn't hang out with them. Yeah. Okay, not and like one on one forever in the house. Yeah, I, I would just I be have at my friend's, friend's house. That would just be at their house and nobody's there. Right, right. That's except for their mom. Maybe if you're like house sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine a time where I'm that's normal. I'm just trying to think. It just doesn't make any sense. No. Okay. The I love Whitney though. She. I do <laughs> like Whitney. I do like Whitney. But I mean, they. The, this isn't. Her, this isn't her fault. The writers set this up poorly. Yeah. <laughs> it's It what? just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Teresa comes home. She's pretty down. And, yeah, she's upset. And she's sitting at the... T- she sits down at the table. And Whitney's like, what happened? What's going on? Like, how'd you get out of there? Yeah. And Teresa basically is like, I hate Ethan Crane. Well, she started off telling Whitney that she told him how she felt she's like well I told him everything that I felt but the shower was running so he didn't hear a word that I said she says she told him about the dream world that she made for them when she was little first she was like first it was just for us to play together as children because he was so lonely but then later on it was for us to fall in love in her head her dream world and in her head she, for just the two of them. How does she know that he's so lonely in his childhood? Because Pilar, Pilar told her. Oh. Yeah. Remember, she she always t- talks about how Pilar came home and talked about how lonely Ethan was. Right. And he ate dinner alone. Right. Oh, okay. You, yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Teresa tells Whitney that she heard... Uh, She overheard Ethan's phone call with Sheridan, and he said he would never love me, not even if I was the last woman on Earth. Yeah. She gets really upset. Yeah, and she's still mad about him thinking that all poor people are gold diggers. Yeah. At that point, like, it turns from sadness to, like, Rage. rage. She gets yes, very angry. She flips. Yeah. She has a little little switch moment. Yeah, there was like a Teresa Judice moment where I thought she was going to flip that table. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. And yes. then she didn't. I hate Ethan Crane. Yeah, she got mad. Okay, girl. He, and she says, he's just a snob, just like Louise said he is. Mm-hmm. So Teresa's like, she's done with Ethan. She's done with Ethan. She's so totally she over says, him. she says she's going to focus on her dream of becoming a famous fashion designer and yes. she gives a really nice speech about how yeah. she's not just going to make clothes for rich people she's going to make clothes for people for all people who can afford it and she says everybody deserves to look nice and feel good about themselves yeah. that was a really nice speech i know that you know what They're, i like Teresa. the lopez fitzgeralds this entire episode have made some really great social commentary basically on like the classes mm-hmm. and and yeah, it. I I really enjoyed her little speech, and I also applaud her for kind of turning around and being like, "All right, enough of this ridiculous schoolgirl crush. Time for me to get serious. This is what I care about. This is what I want to do, and this is how I can impact mm-hmm. the world and live my life in the way I would like to." Yeah, it's like go, you go, go. So, so she seems to have somewhat come to her senses. She does have a little moment when she's talking about how. Everybody deserves to have nice things and people should be able to get what they want, not just Gwen Hodgkiss. And Whitney says, oh, that doesn't seem like it's about clothes. That sounds like it's about Ethan. She's like, well, I had a little slip. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little slip up. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. These two girls talking about their achieving their dreams. Yeah. And... Whitney talks about going to Wimbledon. Yeah. Which, girl, you're not going to get there unless you go practice. Get out of the house. <laughs> Get out of there. Get out get of, out of, out of house. Teresa's mess! Get out of Teresa's mess! <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's basically it. I did note that Timmy is begging Tabitha once the cyclone has stopped, once uh, T- tornado Tabitha has has ended. Timmy's like begging her, "Please, can we get some fucking sleep? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't slept in." Two days. I'm exhausted. Timmy's... Timmy is scared. Timmy's tired. Timmy's scared and tired, And Tabitha's like, no. (laughs) We are not going to sleep. We've got to get rid of Faith. We've got to hunt down charity. Like, time is of the essence. So... I I don't know I feel like this is important like why they're being a little bit sloppy mm. because they're sleep deprived yeah you know like okay. they, they really haven't slept because she stayed up all night casting that spell and now they're going into the end of the second day it's nighttime now and this has happened so they're going on like three days of show and one night of sleep mm. so I'm interested to see what happens me too and we shall see what happens yeah soon yeah alright enjoy the ad Okay, this... This is great. ...episode <laughs> has everything in it. <sighs> oh my this god! This episode was... Okay, we're back. We're wa- Back from the is, break! Back from the break! We're back! This is episode 23 of Fashions, and holy Holy shit shit. this episode oh it so good my heart is pounding i have the biggest
1: (laughs) shit-eating gray on
0: my face right now. this is my favorite episode so far so by far this is my favorite episode it was great this was amazing and so satisfying oh my god oh my notes are all over the map because it was a little confusing so we'll do our best but whoo okay Okay. So we start at the Lopez Fitzgerald home, Which right? is located at 462 Railroad Street. Now we know. <laughs> the, <laughs> other the, oh, literally, <laughs> literally. the other side of the tracks. Oh, literally. Literally. East Railroad Street and West Railroad Street. the other side of the tracks. Oh. Teresa's talking about her old fantasy, uh, you know, that Ethan would show up at her house and she, you know, she's just recounting things we already know about her mm-hmm. to Whitney and, but also saying she's like, I'm done with this. Teresa says she wasted all those years obsessing over Ethan when she should have just looked closer to home and found a nice boy with a similar background. In walks Pilar, who is pissed. She's not happy. Pilar comes in and she's mad at Teresa. She says... I can't believe you went to the crane mansion. I can't believe you did all of this. And also don't even try it because Whitney has already told me all of the things that you did to Ethan. And Whitney says, I'm sorry, Teresa. I mean, I had to. <laughs> and Pilar says the most dreaded words that you could ever hear from like an adult that whose opinion matters to you. Mm-hmm. She says, I am so disappointed in you, Teresa. Yeah. She was so disappointed. Doesn't that in just her. cut you though? When someone that like you really care about this, and they're not mad, they just say that they're disappointed yeah. in you. Oh, I don't love that. I actually used that on my kids recently, I, <laughs> on my students recently. I was like, "I'm so disappointed. I thought I that you guys didn't turn in this assignment. It was like, the, it, it was really a big disappointment for me because I was really looking forward to seeing it from yeah. you." Anyway, who knows if they'd care. (laughs) They don't care. It would have... Little little third grade Laura would have been very upset to receive that email. (laughs) Anyways. So Pilar says to Teresa, how did Mrs. Crane take it when you turned down the job? (laughs) Because (laughs) Teresa somehow hadn't realized that she's going to have to say no. She cannot accept the job uh and and Pilar as Ivy Crane's assistant. And Teresa's looking at her with a blank st- everybody's just looking at each other blankly, <laughs> like <laughs> what? And Pilar goes, Teresa, please tell me you turned down the job. And Teresa's like, But I can't. Why would I? She's like, you left what you just left, you didn't say anything, you just left. She's like, Yeah. 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 She's like, I got out of there. And then Pilar does oh. what I fully disagreed with. I thought, I was like surely this woman is going to call Ivy Crane and say, look, I don't know why my daughter showed the fuck up at your house, but she cannot take this job. That would make sense. Or have Teresa call. But she tells her, you have to go back to the mansion tonight and tell her you can't take the job. You better go back tonight. And in fact, she calls Ivy to tell her to expect She'll Teresa. she be expecting her. But so then I realized, although... Mm, I go back and forth on this decision because I think that Pilar was doing it as a punishment. So, because Teresa says, well, I can't go back there. I barely missed Ethan. And what if he's, you know, he'll see me this time, blah, blah, blah. She said, well, you didn't think about that the first time. That's true. You didn't think about that before. Yeah. So you can go back and face it now. And she calls Ivy. Ivy says to be expecting her daughter to come back. She doesn't tell her about what. Mm-hmm. And Ivy tells Pilar that Ethan had to step out, mm-hmm. that he's not there. So Pilar gets off the phone and says, it's your lucky day, Ethan's not at home, so you better go now, mm. basically. Mm-mm. So I, I go back and forth on this because, to me, Pilar's putting her own self in jeopardy. She's putting her own she's self She's putting in her jeopardy. job in jeopardy, right. honestly, she's also by put- sending Teresa back. Yeah, agreed. She's also putting her daughter in jeopardy because she knows that Ivy wants to have whoever has been... Her- hurting her son Ethan. She wants to have them arrested. So she's putting herself and her daughter at jeopardy. I think... I can see her making her fess up or face up to her mistakes and making her go there and face her consequences. Yeah. But why should Pilar have to lose her job? Right. I also don't understand why she wouldn't be on the phone with her daughter and call Ivy together to explain the situation. I'm so sorry. I cannot accept this job you know, the end, or go with her in person. If she wants to do an in-face meeting, which I fully respect, then why wouldn't she go with her? Teresa is clearly incapable of handling this this situation on her own. She needs her mother. Yeah. So that all happens. So Teresa's going to head back to the Crane Mansion. Now, at the Crane Mansion, Mm -hmm. Ivy and Ethan are having a conversation. Yeah, they're talking about Sheridan and Ivy before before Ethan leaves and before, before Ethan all of the Teresa stu- the phone call and everything. Right, because Sheridan's on her way to the mansion from the airport, and Ivy says, "I'm not entirely surprised about her misfortune." Mm-hmm. And we're like, and for a minute, we were like, "Okay, I, Ivy." She, yeah. she says, "I'm sure Sheridan shares some blame in her misfortune," and I was like, "Yes, you are right. You Ivy. are right." But and then, then Ivy says, "She always finds." Men outside of her class. Yep. Like, well... Ivy's that being took a little the wind, snobbish. Took the wind right out of my sails. Yeah, because I love Ivy. I, I do. This didn't... This wasn't a good look for Ivy. No, not at all. She's like, yeah, we got to find this girl a beau within her own social class. Yeah, and Ethan makes a, a joke about printing out a list of all the men at the country club. And... Picking one for Sheridan, basically. Mm. And Ivy says, you joke, but that's not a terrible idea. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> ah, I kind of like the sound of that. Maybe I'll get my new secretary to do that. And then Ethan, of all people, says that class shouldn't matter. And then he gives, like, a very pro, like, LGBTQ statement. He says, love is love. Love is love. <laughs> love is love. And it says doesn't Ethan. matter if you're poor or rich, he says. And you love who you love. And then he has this... Says, didn't you ever love anyone mm. from the wrong side of the tracks? From West Ugh. Railroad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and then Ivy has her little like Sam Bennett moment. Like mm. she has like, of course not. Look, mm. I'm having a Sam Bennett moment every every episode. moment, all moments every, are Sam Bennett. Uh, all of my moments are Sam Bennett moments. We're gonna talk about that later, but I, mm. I'm Stan Sam. Sam. Stan I stand, Sam. I stand, Sam. I love him. Yeah. And, all right, so <laughs> so they're having this conversation, and Ivy's being a little snobbish. Ethan says, reminds her, you know, didn't you ever love me? And she right. says she denies it, but you can see it in her eyes. And obviously, we all know she had something, some yeah. going on with Sam Bennett. She still got that lock. But basically, she keeps telling him that you're being naive. You. And Gwen are perfect for each other, and part of that is because you come from the same class, and you both know what it's like to have money, and she says... What what would you even have to talk about with a poor person? Yeah, that's she weird. says a lot of and A Poor person who like loves Pilar yeah, so because much because then she turns around and she starts talking about how much she loves Pilar's daughter Teresa, and oh, Ethan, you're really gonna love this girl. She's great, and Ethan's like, oh yeah, I probably will like her because P- I love Pilar so much, but she better not be anything like that, Luis. Mm. Because they know that Luis is Pilar's son, right? Right. So they're starting to put the, the, the pieces of the Lopez together. Fitzgerald family pieces in place. Well, while they're having this conversation, the phone rings. It sure does. And who's on the other end? Fucking Sheridan. Sheridan calls. Do you want to know why? Because Luis cuffs her ass. He arrested her. <laughs> he did. He arrested her. So let's go back. How did Sheridan end up making her one phone call from jail? Well... well. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to tell him? Well, Sheridan was speeding back from the airport. Remember, she's going 98 and a 45. Mm-hmm. Luis is on patrol. He clocked her. He turned on the siren, turned on the lights. She didn't pull over. In fact... She sped up. Mm-hmm. He right. gives chase. He realizes this isn't safe. I'm not going to catch up with her. He cuts her off with the pass, calls for backup. She T-bones him. She starts to turn the car on again. He pulls she his gun. Her, she put her car into in reverse. reverse. She was going to pull out and leave, and he pulls his weapon on her. And That's says, right. Like, don't you move or I'm going to shoot you, blah, blah, blah. He gets out of the car, goes over. She's sitting there with the most smug look on her face. She's like, stop calling me buddy. I'm not a guy. He realizes that it's it's a woman. And And she's like, oh, well, you know, I can't be arrested. Yeah. And why can't she be arrested? She says, you can't arrest me because my last name is Crane. And she hands him her... Driver's license and goes C-R-A-N-E. Or can't you read? She says, like Alistair Crane, Julian Crane, and Crane Crane Industries, Industries, do you need me to go on? Because I can. She sucks. Sheridan is trash. She's like, oh yeah, I'll write a check to the police department to to cover cover any any damages and we can just forget about this whole thing. And Sheridan is so fucking entitled yes. she, privilege is oozing oozing out of, out of every pore I can't stand Sheridan so he so she says I'll, okay now that you know who I am cause he kinda he fake softens right yes and she says like, oh I'll, I'll send a, tre- a check to cover any damages and he says well that's that's very nice ma'am that's a really nice thing to do but there's no need you need to get out of the car. And she looks confused and shocked. She's like, why? And he goes, because you're under arrest. (laughs) Yes! Yes! You're under arrest. You are coming with me. We're going to the station. He arrests Sheridan Crane. Thank you, Luis Lopez Fitzgerald. Thank you.
1: Thank Thank you,
0: Luis. Thank oh, you, Oh, I'm so happy for Luis that he got him one. Oh, it was so good. So they go uh, back to the police station. Yeah. he's sitting there. He's so proud of himself. He's so, so proud of him. He's like, he's sitting there, like, basically proverbial feet up on the desk, popping grapes into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, like looking like so... so pleased. And another cop, he's uh, named O'Reilly. O'Brien. O'Brien. O'Reilly's idle parts. Ow. Yeah, no, this was not O'Reilly. It was O'Brien. And he's like, do you know what you have done? This is Sheridan Crane. And he's like, like, I know. Yeah. And? (laughs) And so O'Brien goes and calls the mayor. No, he calls Sam. Oh, he calls Sam. He calls Sam. He says, hey, chief, sorry to bother you at home, but I thought you needed to know. Louise has brought in someone uh, and it's going to be a real pain in the ass for all of us. Right. Basically. And so Sam comes down to the station. Right. But while this is all happening, Sheridan demands her phone call and she's like i i know my rights and i know the laws and i have the right to be able to call my attorney and so she calls she calls ethan, ethan and says he's a very Good attorney, and I was like, "Oh, Ethan's an attorney." Well, I remember early on in the show. I mean, we're still early. I don't in think the he show. practices criminal law, but he did say something about going to law school when he and Gwen were on the beach. Yeah, I'm sure it's like contract law, though. He works at Crane Industries. Yeah, he's he's. I'm yeah, probably or property law or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so, it doesn't matter. To in soap opera land, if you. Just like, just like there's one doctor, just like there's one doctor who practices all medicine, there's one lawyer who practices all law. Doesn't matter. Maritime law. Maritime law. You're a crook. Captain Hook, Judge, won't you throw the book at the pirate that stole my heart? Wow. Any, are, any Arrested Development fans out there? <laughs> anyway. It's been a while since we've had such a musical episode. I know. We should always have We a should musical. always do musical episodes. Okay. So, they're at the police station. Sam's on his way to the police station. Ethan shows up to the police station mm-hmm. after Sheridan calls him. And she's like, you're in trouble now, buddy. yeah who's buddy now and Ethan comes over to the desk leans over the desk in a very threatening manner Mm -hmm. and there's a picture of Teresa just like under his body (laughs) that he's leaning over that he doesn't see and he basically is like you better let Sheridan go I've already called the mayor blah 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 Luis is like she broke the law Yeah, and she's going to jail and then ring ring the phone goes off. O'Brien's like, "Oh, hey, chief." Uh, well, Sam the, the mayor's comes in. on the phone. Well, what happens is Sam comes in before the mayor calls. Sam comes in. He sees this scene of these two cranes. Louise. Louise pulls him to the side and says, "Look, she was going ninety eight and a forty five. Then when I tried to pull her over, she fled." And then she hit me. And then she tried to flee again. Yeah. He said we would have. He said I would have arrested anyone for that. Right. right? We would have. No matter who they are, you arrest them for something like that. Of course. And Sam's like, oh, okay. He's looking. Then the phone rings. Mm-hmm. O'Brien's like, the mayor's on the phone, chief. Yeah. Sam goes talks to the mayor. Comes back. Ethan and Sheridan look so fucking smug. These two. They look so <sighs> smug. Ethan and Sheridan look so smug. They look like they just know they're about to get away with this, right? Mm. And Ethan says, okay, so we all all good here? And didn't the mayor tell you to release her? And he said, you know, the mayor did suggest I let her leave, but... She's under arrest. She's gonna stay the night in the pokey, and she'll get arraigned in the morning. Yeah, by the judge, like anybody else. And we were yelling. We were screaming. Sam, Sam, I stand, Sam. I stand, Sam. He was like, she, she, she's gonna be here. We stand. We, I stand. Sam Bennett. I Sam Bennett for mayor. Sam Bennett for mayor we gotta get we gotta get these sycophants out of Ow. political office in, in harmony <laughs> yeah, in harmony we gotta affect change gotta in harmony change in harmony USA <laughs> but for real it was oh it was, <laughs> it was so a satisfying. satisfying moment oh it was oh. so satisfying oh I was so glad so they throw her in the in jail the, cell in the pokey yeah with some woman some like <laughs> Ethel Merman type it was, was amazing like, I was she's supposed to be like a prostitute? She was like so colorfully dressed. She was in like lime green and she had red, red hair. Big red but hair. she was a bigger woman. Yeah. She was a meaty woman. And she was just like, mm, why can't I ever get arrested by men like that? <laughs> 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 why can I ever get arrested by the cops that look like him? And Sheridan's like, you think he's attractive? Excuse me? And she's like, uh, don't you have eyes? Yeah, she's like, are you blind? And she's like, well, I've sworn off men. Girl, bye. Yeah. Fuck you, Sheridan. Yeah. Ugh. So that was the best. Yeah. To me, that was the best. Oh, so I great. don't know. Was that the best part of the show? I don't, I don't know. know. There, there were so part, the many part. moments. Okay. okay. So Who's... let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's let's do it. Okay. So everybody at the lobster shack is now dispersing. Mm-hmm. Right? This is all kind of happening at the same time. But everyone is, is leaving Faith and Charity are having their conversation, which is like, you think I'm crazy. No, Mom, I'm just concerned. Faith is like, no, but they found us. We have to find somewhere safe. We have to escape until until, escape the, sun evil, until the sun comes up. To which I was like, <laughs> if there are vampires in <laughs> this show. Charity goes, what? Are, they, are there vampires after all?' <laughs> <us? laughs> She's like, I'm... I have so many all caps in my notes. I was like, "Until the sun comes up." <laughs> Are they talking about vampires? No. And then they're like, "Well, the inn isn't safe, but I know where we can go." And also, sidebar: this entire conversation that they're having happens on what appears to be the set of Laboem. It's a well. It's <laughs> like a foggy dock. It looks like the Café Mommus. <laughs> yeah. It to me. I mean, it's like a dock, though. I it's think a, it's supposed to be. it. Yeah. It, but it, it looks, looks more like the set of Peter Grimes. Okay, I can, I can get with that. To me, it was just like very, because you've got all these angular little buildings, and it just, it looks yeah. more like, I, I think it, it definitely looks like a set. Yeah, like. it definitely looks like a set. Uh, yeah, so they're having a little, a little moment, Faith and Charity, and then Faith is like, you know what, actually, I know where we can go. I, I, I know the safe place that we, where we need to escape. So they head off. Tabitha and Timmy come down onto the dock just as Faith and Charity have left. They like tracking them, right? Right. And she's like, Where could they have gone? Blah, blah, blah. And then she has a moment. She's like, I know where they went. Right. So there's a place in town that they can go that even Tabitha knows that that's where they would go. Right. And what is that place? That place is the church. The church. The church. I imagine they only have one church. Is it a Catholic church? I know. These people, no. These she's wearing a rosary. It's not a Catholic church. Yeah, but it they're l- just choosing like uh, religious icons, religious relics, things that that they have seen that mean religion, and they're throwing them all together. Yeah, because they don't know the difference between a cross and a crucifix. The set dressers don't seem to. The costume designers have you're wearing a rosary. Like the the iconography doesn't align with one faith base. It, it's just general Christianity. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to the church. They go into the church at whatever time of night it is. No one's there, of course. Mm-hmm. And she says to Charity, "We got to stay here all night and just all make night it long all night. All night. All, all, night.
1: all, all night. night." Okay.
0: <laughs> anyway, they <laughs> She says, "Make yourself comfortable, Charity. We're going to stay here all night." And Charity's like, "All night?"
1: Well, like, I don't
0: want And Faith's like, well, I'm going to go up to the altar and pray. So she goes and stands at the altar and, quote, prays. She's just standing there with the rosary around her neck, holding the cross. She, she, she uh, whatever. It's dumb. So they, they're at the church. Meanwhile, Tabitha and Timmy are outside trying to concoct a plan for how they're going to get to charity and Faith. Because Tabitha tells Timmy... That they cannot enter a church with the intention of doing harm, Mm -hmm. or it'll be like lightning has struck them right in the heart. Yeah, they'll be struck down with lightning. They'll be smote. Or worse. They they will be smote. They will be smote. Yeah, so they come up with this ridiculous plan where basically Tabitha goes and hides. She likes to hide in the bushes. She's back hiding in the the hedge. She's crouching. And Timmy's just kind of standing there looking adorable as ever. Sweet Timmy. And Tabitha's like, help. Please, I'm lost. Help. Oh no, help. Help me. And Charity hears that and is lured out of the church. She's like, oh, it might maybe it could be a lost child. And doesn't say anything to her mother. Just leaves the church. Yeah. Which is so she is annoying. They, she's making questionable at that She's choices. so annoying. She's she hit the claw. She, from the door. Yeah. And even though her mom said there was a beast trying to get into the house, she laughed off the hand marks around her neck Mm. when she was being choked and pulled down into the sink. Now, she, her mom clearly is like, that wind was evil, and it came from nowhere. Yeah, that was paranormal activity. That yeah. was not just a sea gust. And someone is after us and wants us. And the only place we're safe is inside this church, Charity. And she doesn't even think to say something to her mom. She just leaves. Right. I don't. She just. I. Get, she gets on my nerves. Yeah. So Charity has left the church. But who's on their way to the church? Who is on their way to the church? Grace. Grace. Venus! Grace. She was like, oh, I suddenly... She's talking to no one. She goes, oh, I suddenly feel compelled. I must go to the church. So she walks across the La M set. (laughs) Yeah. And and wanders over to the fucking church. Walks into the church? Walks right on in. And (sighs) it's not the only two people in this building... First of all, it wouldn't just be open. Churches are not just open all hours of the day and night, whatever. I need to get off this church rant. But mm-hmm. she just wa- she just wanders in. It's only faith and only grace in this little chapel. And she goes over to like one little wing and like lights the candle and is going to pray to I think it's a statue of the Virgin Mary over there. While well Faith is up basically kneeling at the altar. She's sta- hmm. not even kneeling. She's standing yeah. in front of this altar. Here's the thing. They have the exact same haircut. If I saw me, if I walked, because Grace walks into the church and there's a woman, she can very clearly see the woman at the end of the aisle Mm -hmm. standing at the altar. Mm -hmm. I would recognize a person that looked exactly like me from the back. Even if I didn't recognize them. It would just be weird. I was like, she's as tall as I am, has the the exact same hair as I do, is shaped like me, this woman looks uh, very familiar. Also, I don't remember the first 20 years of my life, so if I see anything that might seem a little familiar, wouldn't you go up to that and say, wait a minute, you've got my face. But also, anytime I enter a space, if it's me and one other person, I. if it's me and a lot of people, I usually just kind of take a sweep, look around, mm. kind of observe what's in what's in my environment. Mm-hmm. And if it's certainly, as a woman, if, it, if I am alone in a space and there is one other person, mm-hmm. I always look to see who that person mm-hmm. is, especially if it's a dude. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not saying grace look, or faith looks like a man or anything like that, but like it's just something that I think most women do in order to feel safe. Yeah. You, you check out your surroundings. So these two women, have already missed each other at the Lobster Shack, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if they miss each other at this church, I'm going to be very upset. How could they possibly miss each other? At the- when, they- when Grace walked in, I stood up with my arms in the air like a victory dance. It was just like, mm-hmm. you, you, yeah. you are celebrating too soon. I, I can't celebrate until they come face to face. Like, we didn't know. We didn't think Teresa was going to get out of that mansion. How was she supposed to get out of there? And yeah, she got out she of did. there. Ugh. No, they're gonna miss each other no. again. Do you think the angel will come down because they're in the church? Also, you brought no. this up when we were watching it. How do they not feel their little twin psychic connection? Yeah, like once she goes into the and they're in a church. Yeah, it seems like it would magnify that. Yeah, those it would good amplify the, those vibes. Yeah, yeah I just, I, 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 yeah, it's hmm. whatever. Hmm. These two women are gonna miss each other again, and mm. I'm very annoyed. I'm very annoyed by that. Well, I was excited. I guess we'll still have to wait and see what happens there, but I'm really hoping that they'll come face-to-face finally. Yeah. Can we skip the kids? (laughs) Um, Is it important? I don't know if it's important. Sometimes they do things that are important, but it isn't... Okay, let's just quickly... The kids are at the lobster shack. They decide they should all go look for Miguel's mystery date. Reese is mooning over Kay. They all end up giving up, going back to the Bennett house. Reese can't get a clue. Uh, <laughs> he thanks Jessica in front of Kay. So now Kay knows that her sister Jessica set up her fake date with Reese that she didn't know about. So I thought she really, already knew that. I don't... I don't I think she did because Simone told her at the restaurant. She well, what she, act- well she acted like she didn't know because she started flipping out and threatening her sister in a very scary way. Well, I think she I think she had been holding that back all night. I think oh. she had already kn- knew she was going to try and kill her sister. She literally says, this is your last night on Earth. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to flush your head down the toilet. Yeah. Kay is a little, like, burgeoning serial killer. Yeah. She's, she's got these, like, upset. she's got her predatory... Mm-hmm. Way with mm-hmm. men, she's like, she, I don't know. She's, she, I'm not an expert, I'm mm-hmm. not a profiler, but mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts about five <laughs> people who are, <laughs> and she really is check marking all of the wrong boxes, yeah. you know. Like, she might be a sociopath, she might be this girl. So, that's pretty much it. With that's the pretty kids. much it with the kids, but. There's one more thing. Oh, my God, the best thing. Teresa is going back to the crane mansion. That's right. Teresa She's... goes back. She's supposed to tell Ivy, oh, I can't take this job. But what does she do instead? Well, Ivy starts telling her all how great the job is, all the things that she would be doing, how much she likes her, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And... Teresa keeps trying to say, yeah, but Miss Crane, I'm sorry, but but I'm... And she keeps getting interrupted by Ivy. And then Ivy finally says, I'm sure you're going to be so great that you'll be out. You'll be taking on all the duties of my real social secretary and you'll be planning parties and you'll be doing this. So Teresa starts to have this like fantasy <laughs> of herself in this hot pink millennium shimmer Top blazer. Like, it, it was, was like was a blazer. Like, it, was a, it was a blazer blouse. With like a peplum it, thing. It was a blazer blouse. And she had chopsticks in her hair. She had chopsticks. Who didn't? What girl didn't have chopsticks in 1999? Trey Millennium. Trey Millennium. And she, she there's three gowns that she's looking at. Three sad gowns. <laughs> I mean, how does a mannequin make a dress look so ugly? She has a crazy fantasy of herself as Ivy's secretary, oh, blah, then blah, blah. She has one where it's her and Ivy at, like, Fashion Week, and they're, like, oh, taking yeah. notes as, like, a model struts down the runway. Yeah. <laughs> and so she kind of snaps out of her fantasy, and Ivy says, can you start tomorrow, basically? And mm. she's like, yep, see you tomorrow. <laughs> she's like, oh, and can I make a, do you mind if I use your phone? Uh, before I leave? And I was like, no, not at all. Make yourself at home. And she walks away. Make yourself at home. You're going to be spending a lot of time here anyway. Yeah. Ooh. Teresa calls home. And Whitney picks up. Because Whitney is just always at her Whitney's house. Whitney's still at her house. Simone is at the Bennetts. Whitney is at the Lopez Fitzgerald. These girls never go home. Even TC are just like... Empty nesters. Yeah, even TC are enjoying their time without their children, I'm sure. Yeah, so Whitney picks up the phone and Teresa's just like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank (laughs) God it's you and not my mom. I took the job. And Whitney's like, (laughs) she's like, get out, Teresa. Get out, Teresa. She says, you are certifiable if you avoid Ethan. Or she said, how can you avoid Ethan if you work for his mother in the place where he lives? Right, because... Teresa says to her, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and make this work. I'm just going to avoid <laughs> Ethan. And, and um, when he goes in his own home, yeah. <laughs> like, how? Oh. oh my God. You are certifiable, Teresa. Oh, you are certifiable, Teresa. So, I've been, we've been saying that. Yeah, we have. We've been saying Poor that. Poor thing. So, so she has accepted this job, right? She did. And... She, she says to um, Whitney on the phone, she's like, you are right about one thing. I better get out of here before Ethan gets back. Mm-hmm. So she hangs up. She's like booking it out of there. And remember, it's very foggy in Harmony tonight. Mm-hmm. Super foggy. And she's leaving the Crane Mansion and she physically bumps in to Ethan crane she bumps into ethan crane as she's leaving his house and they they go oh i'm sorry i'm oh, so sorry it's so me. foggy i didn't I see, see you i didn't see you and then she looks up at him and recognizes him and he, he looks, looks down, down at, at her, her and seemingly recognizes her he goes it's, it's you, you. <gasps> the end of episode like ah! but laura what if he doesn't actually recognize her he's just like it's you and thinks that it's Teresa, it's Pilar's daughter. Oh, but he and, doesn't recognize it like, because it's foggy. Oh, what if they're lame. fucking with us? No. Oh, that's so stupid. That can't be it. I jumped up out of my seat when oh, they saw each other. Though I, just, I was running across oh, the living no. room. No, I didn't even think about. Okay, this episode made me jump up many times. Luis arresting Sheridan. Amazing. Sam insisting that Sheridan spends the night in jail. Beautiful. Grace, uh, Grace walking into the church where Faith was praying. Mm. No, I jumped up. I was like, "Oh my God, it's happening!" I, and then yeah, Teresa I know running it's in, not happening. Teresa running into Ethan. I mean, which there, could, could very well be happening. There were so many excellent moments. Yeah, I'm telling you, Grace and Faith are not happening. No. I'm telling you that right now. You're it's right. Not it's not happening. But I want it to. But the fact. But that Teresa and Ethan. I, I think baby How could they possibly be like? Oh, it's too foggy. He can't make out her features. I I don't know. know. I don't know, Laura. He says, it's you. Does he say the girl that's been stalking me? I think, actually, I think he did say that. Did he say it's you, the girl who's stalking me? I think he did. I didn't write it down because I was so... I was so excited. All I said was, "In all, all caps I said, Ethan runs into Teresa in the crazy fog." That's all I wrote. <laughs> so we'll see, everybody. We'll see. Oh, we'll I'm let so you excited. know. Don't worry. We'll tell you. This is a great episode. It is twenty three. If you're not going to watch any episode of Passions, watch this one. Watch this one. Yeah, it's thirty seven minutes of high jinks and brilliance. It was so great. All right. Well, follow us. Rate us. Review us, subscribe, subscribe. You can find us on social media, Passions Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We have an email if you want to send us an email. It's Passions Podcast at Gmail. Cool. Send us a smoke signal. What else? Oh yeah, send us our your send us your Martimi recipes. recipes. We're getting ready for some martimmies. And uh, here we go. You are my passion for life.